Hey, everybody, Mark Herman, a.k.a. L.A. Bengals fan on most of the major platforms. And I am joined here, as always, with super fans, Devin Circus and Jake Circus of the Jake Circus podcast. And this is the Who Day Bye Week Jungle Talk. Yeah, I know. It's bye week, you know. Um, you know, Heath and I were talking on the recap about how Seattle was very upset their bye came. But I was at, you know, this couldn't come. Uh, for an early buy, we needed this. This is perfect timing for us. Absolutely. We, we will go back to that Arizona game, and it was, let's just win two games and get to the buy and get everybody yeah. else. Oh, I, I think ever since week one, that's all we've been thinking about, because people were like, well, let's shut down Joe. And I was thinking, if we shut down Joe, we're one and five going into the buy. <laughs> There's just no chance. So, you know, we got here. Um, so, you know, I'll take it. Um, yep. No but- more Marvin Harrison talk. No, no. Now, before there should never be if we if we if we're in the Marvin Harrison discussion, let it be because we gave away our draft and traded up to get him, not because we're there naturally on the draft order. Um, before I forget, if you don't subscribe, please subscribe. It's all we ask. This is a show by fans for fans. So hit the subscribe button, hit the bell so you get the alerts, and hit the thumbs up. It helps us out with the analytics. That's all we ask. Um, and Jake, you do some amazing podcasts. Tell them where they can find your stuff yep jake circus podcast season three youtube spotify uh just did a college football show came out today uh going over washington and oregon uh top 12 teams all that stuff i we went one and one again on the show mark some more brutal luck south i'm a notre dame game of the century hit by they won by 28 obviously oh yeah i I actually bet notre dame so i never sweated it i i knew he wasn't gonna let you know was gonna be consistent and let me down so and then south carolina minus two they had a 10 point lead with two minutes two three minutes left and they blew it so two weeks ago we had the mizzou back door on the last play and i was those are only two losses I was watching that game and I go, oh, well, you know what? We'll either tie the game and go into overtime or the game will end, but we're still going to cover. And then he he just, they they don't even think they throw that pick six. And it's like, you just screwed all your alumni. (laughs) You just screwed them all. (laughs) So, and, and current students who were in the, who are trying to pay their, their, their tuition by, you know, the little side hustle. Right. So, um, you know, uh, before we get started, I want to I want to point something out, you know, in the I think it was after the Arizona game in the locker room speech, Zach talked about, you know, breaking the season down into quarters. And he said, hey, guys, you know, we were one and three in the first quarter. We're one and oh in the second quarter. And and I kind of like looking at that, you know, like when you're talking about winning innings or you're talking about winning quarters of games, let's just win the first quarter and then stack it with the second. And you kind of take So, you know, we're two and oh in the second quarter. So what we're going to do today is we're going to readjust our our predictions for the season um, based on, you know, the, the remaining 11 games we have. And um, so you can go up, you can go down. I mean, we have a little more information about the teams we're playing. So games that we thought we might not win, maybe we'll win. Games we thought wouldn't be as tough are going to be a lot tougher, like the Jacksonville game. Their defense is stout now. So um, we'll go through and we'll redo that. And then we'll also do our biggest disappointment on the from the first half, our biggest uh, surprise, and um, a bold or crazy prediction for the second half of the season. So I think that's a really good format. Um, and Devin, why don't you get us started on the, uh, you know, on your on your season outlook here? All right, thank you, Mark. So I'm not going to go game by game and give you wins and losses because 
I may, may not be saving something for a prediction or two. Okay. But the, the way I look at it is we knew all along coming out of the bye, two of the toughest games of the year uh, are going to be at San Francisco and Buffalo. Um, must, must be a split. Can't go 0-2 there. Otherwise, backs are up against the wall hands are tied behind your back and you're blindfolded right um, so i really look at this season uh, the rest of the season 11 games left in three segments we've got the six games where we have to go four and two we go three and three and we're left six and six kind of painting ourselves into a corner uh you go four and two in those games you've got two very winnable games at home where you know you go four and two you win those two now you're six and two in that segment and that puts us at nine and six, definitely in probably holding a wild card spot at the time. Right. And then you got three tough games to close and you win two out of three. And what does that give us? That that would make us 11 and seven and very much in the playoffs. I would think 11 games should get you in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, you, you talked about quarters. I'm breaking it up into further segments got to win four out of six. And and that's obviously in the locker room. They're not talking about that. They're not thinking about that. It's one game at a time, right. but fans, we can do that. And my, forefront on my mind is getting everybody healthy, coming out of the bye and winning four out of six. Yeah. I kind of, you know, I'm going to piggyback right off you because I kind of looked at things almost the same. I looked at that same six game period and I said, okay, we're probably, I, we need to get a split between San Francisco and Buffalo. And, and if we win in San Francisco, we're probably going to have an emotional letdown. And so it'd be great if we win them both, or if we lose in San Francisco, we come back and we probably pound the bills. So, um, and the Bills look very beatable. The Chiefs look very beatable. And San Francisco, after last week, all of a sudden looks human. So, you know, but I was the same way. We got to get we got to get one of the first two and we got to go four and two in that grouping. And I'm figuring there's one stumble kind of along the way in those four games. I don't know where it's going to be. Houston's got a good defense. It's Baltimore again. I really don't want to lose both our Baltimore games. Maybe it's the Steelers. Maybe, like I said, Jacksonville is much tougher game than we thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. And then I'm thinking kind of the same thing. I was like, you know, you have Indy and Minnesota. We, we've got to win both of those. Those are games, especially Richardson's shut down for the year now. At home, at yeah, home. Both, both those of those home. are back-to-back -back home yeah. games. We have to win both those. And then I was the same thing. Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Cleveland. I'd like to win the two. You know, if we lose in Kansas City, no one's going to shame us. It's in Kansas City. That game, by the way, will probably be flexed into prime time because the nighttime game, currently the nighttime game in week 17, Green Bay, Minnesota. That's not going to be the nighttime game for NBC. We are definite candidate. Kansas, Cincinnati at Kansas City is definitely a, a flex game into Nitro. But I'm kind of along the same thing. So I'm staying with my original you know, 11 and 11 and six is what it gets us back to. So, and it's just winning a couple more games on the back end than I thought we were going to win. Um, now, Jake, you are at 13 and three on your season prediction. So I'm, I'm, I'm 14 and three. It's going to be 14. 14 and two. Yeah. I'm figuring there's going to be an adjustment. 17 game schedule, Mark, 17 games. Yeah. So I'm figuring there's going to be, an, it takes me, you know, I still say San Diego chargers, you know, so I'll still say Oakland Raiders sometimes. So, it's uh, you know, it takes time. It's uh, teaching an old dog a new line. So, but Jake, what are you doing with your prediction? Uh, well, my old man still calls the Pac-12 the Pac-10. 
He's been doing yeah, it for do 10 too. years. Oh, hey, I'm and, you know, yeah. Maybe he was thing. just, maybe he was just foreshadowing that eventually turning into the pack too. So he was, yeah. he was, he was ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's fine to to group it into segments of of three. Obviously, the six games. What what is this? Oh yeah, six games because the Buffalo game kicks off a stretch of three primetime games in five weeks with the Sunday night against Buffalo, Thursday against Baltimore. That's going to be annoying, and then uh, Monday night in Jacksonville. And then you guys mentioned the KC game. That's not going to get flexed. That is the three thirty four thirty CBS oh, game with Nance and Romo. Like so they won't flex that one. Right. Um, but I, yes, I'm with you on Minnesota green Bay. Getting oh, that's, flexed yeah, out, that's, obviously we all know uh, that game's it, not going to be in the nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it, us we're it won't be us, but you can look at the next week with Cleveland. And if like, if history says anything, Cleveland won't be playing for anything by week 18. But if this Cleveland team is different, which I think they are, uh, that game very well might be for the division, depending on how Baltimore finishes that. So maybe if, even if it's for a wild card spot, that game can be the, because they always flex a week 18 division game that has playoff implications. Oh yeah. So no. that could be a potential flex candidate. Well, um, remember, so I'm with you there. Jake, remember Jake, sorry, they did something different. They've never done this year in week 18 the days aren't even announced and they're going to announce who's Saturday, who's Sunday a week or two before week 18. Okay. Um, we're announced. We're Sunday. I think the days are announced. The times aren't announced. We're so we're Sunday on that day. Yeah. And they will flex. We have the game. They we have our game playoff game. Basically. Yeah. Um, our, uh, Pittsburgh game is Saturday, Christmas weekend. That's a Saturday game afternoon, NBC in right. Pittsburgh. So, yeah. So, I don't want to look towards mid-December. I mean, we're we're not even in November yet. We're in mid-October right now. But I, I think that San Fran and Buffalo, obviously, two huge games out of the bye. Uh, I like how we match up against Buffalo a lot more than San Fran. Yes. I, I love how we match up against Buffalo. I, I loved it last year. Same thing this year. Same stuff. They're hurt. They were hurt for the Monday night game last year. They were hurt during the postseason. It's even worse now. Uh, they they're going through some struggles. They they can't stop the run. Uh, they really can't run the ball either. Josh Allen's in his hero ball phase, and it never really ends well. So I I do like that Buffalo matchup at home. That crowd is going to be absolutely fucking insane. Um, and yeah, they just got to go go survive in San Fran. Maybe we get some injury help, and Tran and McCaffrey and uh and Debo are are a little banged up. They'll probably be banged up even if they're out there. I uh, don't uh, don't necessarily like that match matchup, but I don't know. Uh, yes, they're they're, they're they're not gonna go. They're not gonna go fourteen and three. And I uh, I do love the Jacksonville matchup. I know a lot of people are worried about Jacksonville. Um, I uh, Jacksonville's been the, the exact team that I thought they were gonna be preseason. They're not a world beater. They have a great quarterback and a great head coach. Uh, they're thin on defense. Those their guys have played well. They don't get consistent pressure. Um. We're we're not going to try to run the ball against any of these teams that can really that, that are really good against the run. Um, Jacksonville is, but their defense is not as good as people think it is. Better than last year for sure, but it's it's not not a world beater. These these AFC teams aren't world beaters. I mean, obviously we're not, but I think being at three and three, you can set that aside. But I think the rest of the schedule right now looks um, a little bit better than it did in uh in august and that's including mm-hmm. cleveland who i think is still still really good pittsburgh who is a lot worse than i thought they were gonna be preseason i thought all of us did as well so we still got two games against them <clears throat> and then you know one more each against baltimore and cleveland yeah so what's your record 
Um, I think we will sweep Pittsburgh just like last year. No, not like, oh my God, no. Should, what should have been last year, but I think we yeah. we swept Pittsburgh in 2021. So I right. think we'll, we'll, we'll we, do we that. We could make an extra times. point or field goal opening day on my yeah. birthday last year. Believe me, I remember. <laughs> um, I would have met, let's, so let, let me go through this. So the four hardest games remaining are all on the road. So Casey, yeah. uh, Baltimore, no, just, just, just three. Casey, Baltimore, San Fran. Oh yeah, Jacksonville. So Casey, Jacksonville. Baltimore, San Fran. I'll give them two and two, and then I think they'll win out at home. So two or three losses. So what? What's that? Eleven six. That's what I'll go with. Okay, there you go. I I, I think we roll I, Buffalo. Yeah, I think oh, we I roll think Buffalo. We do too. The only if, but sometimes there's an emotional letdown. So if they go into San Francisco and pull it off, and they're the talk of the week, you know, they start watching too much television and listening to the press and the next thing you know buffalo's buffalo is gonna just like tennessee buffalo's gonna come in looking for payback we've knocked this team out of the postseason so you know like i said i'm not saying we can't win both but you know it's the mindset so i would love to win both of those we've been one of both of those and people all of a sudden the odds of us winning the north are going to change quickly so yeah and if we're looking at if we're looking at lookaheads, um, right now San Fran is minus six, and then we are a pick'em against Buffalo. Right, well, us there, which so means two, they have Buffalo ahead of us if it's a pick'em right. in Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. So, two things you guys said that got me thinking. Um, first and foremost, I didn't realize that Baltimore game was Thursday night. Um, if you're going to pick where you want your Thursday night coming after a game and before the next one, I think that's an ideal spot. You look at the entire schedule and look, the Texans are better. They're playing good defense. D'Amico Ryans has them playing, but to, for the short week, I'll take Texans into Baltimore right. and I'll gladly take 10 days off in between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So, you know, that does us a little bit of favor and, you know, look, if we can get hot and beat San Fran, I think this team will look to do exactly this team's com- I don't know about comfortable, but this team's going to have a good memory of rattling off what we wind up winning 11 or 12 straight last year. record. If they pull off San Fran, look out because yeah. the makings. Yeah. There. And as I add on to that Pittsburgh thing, uh, Pittsburgh not only doesn't have like a long week, like they, they're at a rest disadvantage is what it's called. Uh, they go to Cleveland the week before. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And, th- you know, I hate to draw baseball analogies and stuff, but you look at like a team like the Phillies and they're used to performing last year. They showed they can do it. And they did the same thing this year. They bounced the Braves who had the best record in baseball. Um, You know, they're so it's kind of the mindset. Oh, we, we can do this. We heard the team talk about, hey, come on, we started 0-2 last year and made the AFC champion. This is a team that you don't want to dig these holes, but it's better if you know, you, you you truly believe you can come back. And I think this team can. The year before, when we went to the Super Bowl, they came out of the bye because I was at the, at the Raider game in Vegas, and they didn't lose a game after that. They just yep. rolled right on through straight to the Super Bowl. So this team has shown over the past couple of years that they can string together, stack those wins. And, so- and the irony is, if you remember last year when we, we were doing our preseason 2022 show, right. what was our mantra? We got to be five and one before we hit the back half of the schedule because it's daunting. Right. And we just spit on that daunting schedule with 12. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think we lost. We lost twice. We lost actually three times after the Raiders game. We lost to the Chargers. We lost to the Niners, and then we lost the Browns game week eighteen after we had already clinched. But like okay. the point stands. Like, but the point, yeah, that we just we strung them together. We came out hot. So hey, you know what? It's uh, you know, guy can dream, can he? Um, so let's go into the. Let's start with the negative first. Our biggest disappointment, um, you know, in the first half of the season. I mean, I don't know whether you expected it or didn't expect it. I mean, I've got three of them down here. Um, I can go first. I talked about this with Heath uh, on the on the recap show. Um, to me, Miles Murphy's got to be our biggest disappointment. We could have gone so many places with that first round pick. We could have taken the kid on Detroit, who's the tight end. They picked him up in the second round. He's done great. We could have just, I just, it had, I'm not saying it's a bust yet because it's way too early to say that. But to me, Miles Murphy in the first round has been a huge disappointment. He's been zero impact. Um, I think we could have done a lot more with that pick. So that's a disappointment for me. I feel like I'm listening to Heath last year about last year's first round pick. So, hey, you know what? Heath is, you got to talk Heath off the ledge. So uh, I, I I asked Jake, Jake watches games differently than us. And, and he's my go-to on things that aren't obvious. Um, I'll let him talk about Murphy, but if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, his playing time has increased a little bit. His effectiveness has increased a little bit. No, he's not going to get any votes for Defensive Player of the Year. No, he's not going to win any awards or anything. But he's getting valuable reps. He's getting – maybe they're just putting him in in spots where they know he can thrive. And if next year he can do what Dax Hill is doing this year, I'm happy. But, Jake, you know it better than me. What What, what are your thoughts on Murphy? He's played 34 snaps. That's it. Which I'm equates here? to half, which equates to half a game. He's 21 years old. He's not even 22 yet. Let's relax on Miles Murphy. I'm just like, we could have we could have picked somebody up that. But he was never going to be an impact player at that. He, he was never going to. He was never going to play a lot this year. We knew that. They have their pass rushers. He's he's. I I said on the draft show he was going to be behind Cam Sample, and Cam Sample's having a solid year. He looks yeah. he looks solid. Yeah. Sample Sample's actually our sixth highest graded defender on defense. Right. So right right behind I, Sam Hubbard. The, the other point we've talked we've talked about this before about how this team's constructed and what lies ahead. Um, this team, when they started building a winner in 2019, it started with the defense and free agency. The offense was drafted and it shifted now because now we got to pay the offense and all the money's going to the offense and look at all the strategic, all the key draft picks in the last two years, they're backfilling defensive secondary a lot a little bit of defensive line because all these guys are coming off the books and we're not going to be able to pay anybody on the defense so the dj turners the jordan battles the miles murphys that's the next wave when hilton awuzie um hopefully not reader i know hendrickson was just re-signed when these guys right. start to leave that needs to be refilled on um the draft so yeah sam laporta would be great to have but I really think that the first three rounds were very strategic about where this team's going to go in the next three years because Burrow got paid, um, Chase is going to get paid, and jury's out on T. Higgins, but right. he's going to need to get paid or he's gone. Yeah, well, Here's one of the things I mentioned on the recap was also we could have done something other than Nick Scott because Nick Scott is another disappointment for me. He has not been – anywhere near replacement for bell or Bates. No, he's been just, bad. We weren't looking for him to replace both, but it would have been nice if he could have been 
close to a lateral move on one of them. And he's just been a disappointment. He's not a good cover guy. He's not a ball hawk. There's just nothing special about him. And we could have maybe dealt with that. Now, I know we got battle in the third, which and I'm hoping we see more of him in the second half of the year. Battle's been good. Yeah, so I just, but we could have used it there too. Staying on the same theory, we could have used it there too. And I, so like I said, I'm not by any means calling Miles Murphy a bust. I was hard on Dax Hill the first year too, but he's now emerged and and we love the guy. I mean, obviously Dax Hill and CTB have been just amazing acquisitions in our defense, but, but uh, so I'm not calling him a bust, but we could have gone safety with that too. So there's a lot of places we could have gone. The last few years, we've been in a position where we didn't need to draft immediate need. We drafted big picture need. Right. And I, I firmly, Jake and I have had these conversations. I think they, not I think, it's pretty clear. They drafted Dax Hill knowing, and I remember Jake and I were talking when the Dax Hill pick was made, and it was, oh, now we know what's going to happen with Jesse. Right. Yes, so exactly. With the rest of the, the set with Turner and Battle, the writing's on the wall. A lot of the defense is going to walk and the money's going to the offense. Right. So. All right. I, I, I have one, one more thing. To, one more thing to say about the Murphy thing. By the way, you said that they should have taken safety. I don't mean to keep going after you, but Jordan Battle okay. has played. Jordan Battle has played the second most snaps out of all the rookie safeties. The only safety that has played more is a guy I've never heard of. Jordan Howden, who went to Minnesota, was drafted in the fifth round so. for New Orleans. So we we got a safety, right. like okay, look at what look at what the and this is for everybody who, you know maybe not maybe won't understand what the Bengals are going to be thinking over the next five years in terms of draft strategy. But when you're consistently picking twenty seven to thirty two, you're not trying to take guys who are going to play year one because when you get when you get that much later into the round you're drafting for traits and you're drafting guys who you, who have a few really solid traits that if the, if you can develop because you're a good team, so you know how to develop players, then he can turn to a superstar. Miles Murphy is 21 years old from Clemson. Haddock has super, super twitchy. He has a really solid NFL traits that when he gets playing time, he's going to pop same thing from Dak. So that's why the Bengals keep taking these guys from Alabama and Clemson and LSU and Michigan. Um, DJ Turner has been fantastic. DJ, DJ, DJ Turner has been fantastic, by the way. Um, that yeah. was gonna be my surprise. But I'll I'll give out my dis- first. Oh, well, the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs last year, George Karloftis didn't play a whole. He played pretty solidly for a rookie. Didn't play like every snap, but was really good. Now he's their this their second best pass rusher and would be their best pass rusher if Chris Jones didn't exist. And then they took shit. What's his name? Shit. I'm finding it. Um, uh, Joshua Williams. It's a Joshua Williams in the fourth round in 2022. Super fast, really good NFL traits. Is their second best corner. Like not everybody can get a Trent McDuffie at the end of round one and turn into one of the best corners in the league as rookie year. Even though I wanted Trent McDuffie two years ago, I would have taken him over Dax Hill, and now he's a star. But that's fine. Anyways, big, biggest. Wait, wait, wait. Speaking of who you wanted in the Chiefs draft, aren't they the ones that drafted Trey Hill in like the fifth round, who I badly wanted? That's an All Pro. Yes, but the Bengals medical team found like perennial heart failure that somehow he got fixed. Like Trey, Trey Hill was a second round pick. He was great at Tennessee. And then his heart like failed and he he had like blood clots and like blood clots in his lung. I think he was even like the last pick in the sixth round. Anyways, I I think there's only one discipline other than Burrow and Zach Taylor. I I think it's T Higgins. 
Like T Higgins has to be top of the line, like aside the injury. There's been times this year where he's looked like he's had no interest in being out there. This is a really interesting T Higgins stat that PFF has. He is only catching 41% of his targets this year. He's been targeted 34 times. He only has 14 catches. Uh, and that is including a Baltimore game. First of all, week one, seven targets, no catches, fine, rain, whatever, burrow, calf, whatever. Since that game, 20 targets, six catches. And I including don't a struggle like on the contested catch, which is his strength. I mean, it's one of the yeah. reasons why we why we were so high on him and why he's been so productive in the beginning is is the contested catch. And that's not been a strength this season so far. So yeah. I'd agree with you on that. On on yep. one set of rankings I just looked at, he's the 65th ranked wide receiver right now through, what are we, six games. We talked about it the night on our recap of the Rams game. There were two plays where he had a drop, Burrow missed him, where – and look, players make mistakes, players make errors, but the body language told – I mean, I, my phone was blowing up from people that don't give two squats about the Bengals – about how bad T Higgins was and what the hell is he doing. But as somebody that has coached youth baseball for my whole life and been around kids and sports, that body language said, I don't want to be here. And look, there's plenty of time to turn it around. I know he's hurt right now. Hopefully yeah. get some right. And we get back to the Batman and Robin duo. But, you know, at this point, are we going to give him $25 million in no. tax? no. No one is. And you're not going to get anything for him in a trade right now. He should be motivated because if he's not going to be resigned here, you have to show everybody, hey, I can be your number one. I don't think he's shown the rest of the NFL that. And that should be his primary motivation. Yeah. Like the thing last year is T is what doesn't make any sense to me right now is T made a lot of money last year with the way he played when Jamar was out. I mean, he was a number one guy. Like, the reason why we won all those games, we didn't lose a single game that, that Jamar missed, which is, Correct. like, what the fuck? Uh, he was unbelievable when Jamar didn't play. But he knows he's not the number one in this offense, and I can only imagine what he's thinking right now with all this attention that this Jamar 7-11 thing is is getting. Because, like, Jamar is, this, at worst, the second, the second or third best receiver in football. And then there's T, who, who's... You know, I, I don't know the whole contract situation. If he if they offered him, if he declined it, I, I assume they came in super low balled him and he, he declined it, got pissed off. Same thing they did with Jesse. But now TS has to think to himself, well, well, what do I want this end of the season to be like? Because I'm probably leaving. But like if T has a good is if if he turns it around, like T can be remembered as a good bangle. But if he doesn't and he leaves and doesn't get as much money as he wants, like a year and a half ago, T was like everybody's favorite bangle. And now a year and a half later, it's like we got 13 games left of this guy and hopefully a playoff run. And then he's out and he's going to go be this shitty team's number one receiver and get paid $25 million a year like he wants. But these are the glory days, man. Like he has a chance right now to really turn it around and and be a part of something special. Yeah. Oh, I agree. That's just really he, well put, Jake. That when he gets this guy, well guy caught the first touchdown in the first Super Bowl touchdown in the Bengals franchise and 80% of their fans' lifetimes. Right. Yeah, no. Like and and when he gets his money, if he if he does do that and he gets his money, it's going to be on a team that's like Chicago or somewhere. He's not going to be go, going to a team that's that's ready to roll. They're not going to pay him that kind of money. 
So it's yeah. going to be a lower. He scored two touchdowns. Team. He had he had two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the first two Bengals Super Bowl touchdowns in thirty five years. Yeah, yeah. I was having a conversation with a friend, and and it's interesting how the free agent wide receivers never go to a good landing spot. No. The ones that wind up going to good landing spots are the ones that the divas that demand the trade, but have all the equity in the world that Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill. And look, before a couple of years ago, those trade, those types of trades were unheard of. Maybe they were just two anomalies and may never happen again, or will be AJ random. Brown, AJ Brown, AJ too. Brown sorry, yeah. AJ Brown. Absolutely. But same mix. Um, T Higgins, <laughs> Put up or shut up, man. It's yeah. I I think there's obviously not. I think there's plenty of season left that this book hasn't been written. Right. I can't even tell you what chapter it's in in terms of the future of the Higgins. We still could be in the prelude, but if he gets right with the rib and gets out there, and all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, burrows back to right, the lines clicking, he can go back to doing exactly what he's been doing, which could get him $25 million here in a franchise tag. And it could be a long-term contract here. Probably not, but right. also could get him the diva trade to Kansas city or whoever. Right. Like that's, if he leaves, that's, that's fine. It's a business. And as a team that's going to win 10 to 13 games for the next eight years, like you're going to see really good players come and go. And like, Jesse Bates did it like he had a good year last year and everyone knew he was halfway out the door, but he concentrated, had a really good postseason and is remembered as personally. I mean, one of my favorite Bengals of all time, like since day one, like I didn't lose any respect for Jesse Bates. He's a safety. They were never going to sign him. Like right. it's fans need to understand that that's how it works. And I think from the player's perspective, they also need to understand that and say, well, if I want to be remembered of anything in this franchise, the team that drafted me, the team that, you know, gave me this platform, played it scored two touchdowns in the Super Bowl for them, I guess it's time to play. Yeah. And I don't think T is like quit. Like, I don't want this to come no. off as like all of us saying that he's quit because he was hurt and like he's only played 40 snaps his last two games. So he's going to get out there and get more run and probably have a probably be fine. But like he's important to this team. Like yeah. he's really important. And the Jesse Bates analogy is really perfect because when you listen to the interview and we played Atlanta in the preseason – you could see there was an amicable parting of the ways he knew Dax Hill was his replacement. He embraced the fact that to make his last year count and he got the money he wanted in Atlanta. So, mm -hmm. you know, you could just see he had nothing but praise to talk about the Bengals in that interview. And you could tell there's no animosity or anything. T, if he winds up leaving, could have that same exit if he takes the second half of the season seriously. And, and, and like I said, he should be motivated. Because he's playing for that, you know, he's putting stuff on film for the next team. So, yeah. By, by, by the way, Jesse Bates is the highest graded safety team in the NFL right now. Through yeah, six I weeks. still have him on fantasy. We have individual defensive players. And I, I, I picked up Dax Hill and I kept Jesse Bates. And it's perfect. So, I no complaints. If T's average at best the rest of the way, let's say it's a mix of a little good, a little bad, but doesn't return to form of last year. I don't see us tagging him. Will somebody still really give him $25 million a year for four years? 20, 25, no. What will he get? That's a lot. 
Well, will will he get a major, major payday? Will he get a holy? Yeah. Contract? Oh no, he'll t- t- done t- at twenty five years old. I think he's gonna be twenty five, maybe yeah. almost twenty. He's not turning twenty six before the season next year. I don't think he was a twenty one year old at the college. Twenty four right now. So yeah, yeah. So twenty. So twenty. So next year is his age twenty five season. Um, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be the biggest raiser on the market. So he'll still get wide receiver one money, even if he doesn't return to form. Yeah. But it'll be to Carolina or Chicago or. Oh, he is a total Panther. That's just, that's, he's a Panther. Might as well just trade him right now for a pick that they don't have. (laughs) There you go. So, all right. So your, your disappointment was the same. It was also T Higgins. Yeah. It it, it has to be. I mean, if you you take, yeah. If you take out Burrow and Zach Taylor, who I think have both been a huge disappointment. Um, that's by the, by the way, that's, that's, that's twice where our two of our three wins are because of Lou and not Zach. Right. Fucking Bozo. Fucking Bozo. Yeah. But I, you know, one of the things I had that was disappointing was our run defense. Cause we were shut down. Yes. So yes. I had, you know, I had, I could audible if one of you guys had mine. So I had, well, do, do I get things. to say any of mine before you guys? Yeah. Take- yeah. I thought you were, I thought you were T also, but say, give this, us one of your disappointments. Then we're going to move on to something positive. Yep, this is proof for proof for everybody listening that we don't script this and we don't talk beforehand. Because nope. my two biggest ones were T. Higgins and Nick Scott. Um, Mike Hilton's been a little bit of a disappointment; has not been great. Got his interception, uh, but overall uh, tackling, just defensive tackling. We're getting yep. way too many three-yard plays turned into eight-yard plays, eight-yard plays turned into fifteen-yard plays. Um, you know, defense won us the game in the second half on Sunday. Um, but yeah, we got to do a better job against a run and, t- and initial yeah. tackling line of, line of scrimmage tackling. Yeah, that's it. No, it's a, how many second and shorts were we in, in a couple of these games where it could have been, you know, second and seven or eight and you're in second and three and it's just a different, and then you're giving up the conversion. Even if you play good run defense, yeah. you know, three yards and two plays, you're going to give up. So, you know, I will say, I will say, sorry, Mark. Um, if you remember that first drive, not to make it about one game because we're going more high level on this show, mm-hmm. but if you remember that first drive against Seattle when they just marched down the field, uh, Kenneth Walker had to have had minimum 30, maybe as many as 40, 45 yards on that drive and picked up eight yards every play. I went back and looked at the box score that night. He only finished with like 75 yards. So we did do a phenomenal job the rest of the game. Right. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of memories of, of, of getting gashed in that initial oh. drive and many other games this year. Yeah. Well, he looked like Gail Sayers on that first drive. I mean, he yeah. just couldn't, we wouldn't, you hit him and it was just bounce off and get another five yards. Yep. So, all right. Best, biggest surprise of the, uh, of the first. Half. I think. I I'm gonna go for I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the show and go first here because I I don't think like I'm gonna go out of the box here. Okay. We mentioned a potential franchise tag for T Higgins. I think the Bengals are gonna use the franchise tag in the offseason, and it might not be to T Higgins. You guys want to know who it might be on? Yeah. Wait, hang on, hang on. I want to think. I want to think. Give us a second. So it's probably gonna be that draft. It would be that draft then the Higgins draft. It would have to be. Think I'm more outside the box. You're, you're close. I'm not 100% on all the franchise tag rules. It's not Logan because he's resigned. Well, so somebody whose contract's up this year is the only rule. You, you can't Can franchise a guy like two a, years left on his contract. Like that? I don't know. Go ahead. Go for it. Tyler, I think they might tag. I think they might tag Jonah Williams. Yeah, you know he's what? Been, not- he's been really good. 
He, yeah, he, 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 lo- he looks good at right tackle. He looks yeah. really good at right tackle. Now, I don't, I don't, that might piss him off. It, it might piss him off, but that is a spot that they have not been able to fill in the Joe Burrow era. Yeah. Like, they got the left tackle. He's, he's been fine. Brown has been fine. Hopefully he plays on Sunday. I think he will. But Jonah's been really good. Jonah's been really silent. Him, him in the, like some of the running game stuff, because I think watching it from a naked eye on the TV, Joe Mixon has had a lot more of those like five yard, six yard runs than in the past. Would you guys agree? Like there's yeah. been more of like second and shorts. We're not we're not backed up at all when we run the ball yeah. first down. Absolutely. Like we have a heart, we have a heartbeat running the ball. This is because of Jonah Williams. No, He's been right. really good. He's been really good in space. That was one of the biggest things moving him to the right tackle for the wide zone stuff is because he can get still upfield into the second level. Now you move him to the right side. He's been opening some holes. No. He's been good. I, I, you know what? I, he, it wasn't, I, I, what you just said, and I wouldn't be upset at all if that's how we used our franchise tag. Well, Jonah would, would be, be nice. No, I don't know if the, the numbers are there, but it would be nice if we could franchise tag him and then work out a long term because we'd solidify Brown and him if we just accepts the right side. So I, I really like that. I, I wouldn't be a, that, that sounds really yep. good to me too. Jonah. Jonas had the he's through six games played every single snap highest run blocking PFF grade of his career. Yeah, no, he's been I've seen the PFF scores each week and he's always up there, you know, on right. And I remember we talked about it. Jake and I talked about it years ago. Um, I don't know how familiar it is because he only did it for a year or two. You you'll remember the number, Jake. But he played right tackle in college, protecting to his back blind side because that's the blind yes, side. He did right. So, yeah, no, I like that. All right, and and by, by by the way, one more thing: he has not a lot of pressure, or he has not a lot of sacks since week two. Wow. Yeah. No. I I, I love the I love that. That was awesome, Jake. Um. All right, I'm gonna go next, just because you kind of mentioned him in passing. If you go back to the draft show. I called this draft pick. I said, well, if we don't take a corner in the first round, we can always take DJ Turner out of Michigan in the second. And then it happened because he had all the attributes I thought Lou would like. I thought he was a perfect Bengal. And he's done everything. I mean, to me, he's been, I expected him to be good. I didn't know how much playing time he's going to get, but he has played 144 coverage plays. 15 targets. He's only allowed five receptions, zero TDs, two passes defended, and he's got a 42.4 passer rating allowed. I mean, the guy in the first six games, he's done everything we asked him to do. And he's just like you talk about youth and us not being able to pay the defense. He's bought us some time between him and CTB, um, DJ Turner. And like I said, go back to the draft show if you don't believe me, because that's exactly what I said. Don't take a, dra- a corner in the first. We'll get Turner in the second. He's a perfect Bengal. So um, DJ Turner is my biggest surprise. I-, I knew he'd be good. I didn't know it would be this fast. And this is what kind of he- this is this is why I'm hard on Murphy, because, you know, that you can make an impact, you know, even if you're not playing as many snaps. So. But like I said, let's move on from Murphy. DJ Turner, that's my biggest surprise. Devin, what do you got for us? So I'm going to bounce around a little bit, and I'm going to cheat the category a little bit. Go ahead. Uh, but I will say one, one surprise, and it, and it's not even on the year. It's since weeks one or two. I hope you and Heath talked about it on the two post-game shows uh, because he was awful weeks one and two, but he's been a lot better the last four weeks. 
another Michigan draft pick this past year. Mr. Robbins has been punting the ball a lot better. Yeah. Now, big picture, meaningless. I just said that for fun because we all killed him and rightfully so the first two years. And look, Drew Christman is very entertaining on social media, but uh, Robbins has been great. But my uh, my number one, I'm not going to call it a surprise. I'm going to call it my biggest excitement because okay. he's kind of been my guy. And I put an order in. It's coming. My man CTB has arrived, and he's oh. a stud. It's not a surprise because we he showed out last year just like DJ is showing out this year. But uh, he's looking like a long-term staple item in the defensive backfield. He's absolutely phenomenal. Um, he he He's also fun on social media, leading the yes. team in the locker room. Uh, he got his pick six. My jersey's on his way. He got oh. another with two picks this past week, if I'm not mistaken, right? And he he's phenomenal. He's been with with Awuzie yeah. Hurt and Hilton down. Yeah, um, he's been a leader, and he's just thank, awesome. Thank yeah. God. I mean, Awuzie has been awful. Yes. Like, thank God for CTV. Oh, yeah. God, like, thank God. So, yep. no, it's and uh, and like you, both you guys named corners. Like Awuzie is a free agent after this year. I I see no way in shape or form where he comes back uh, other than on a on a veteran discount if he if he gets hurt again or something. But right. our three our I mean they they'll probably end up drafting a corner in the first round because yeah. they're going to sell or maybe even sign one. Um, but our three corners right now are Turner, TTB, and Hilton. Yeah, and hopefully Awuzie comes back. Like if yeah. it will just be better. Like if uh, if Awuzie comes back and and plays well. But right now he's depth. He didn't start last week. DJ Turner got the start. Oh, I didn't realize that. And Jake, that goes to my point about the turnover of defense. And now the defense is young. The offense was young four years ago. Awuzie comes off this year, if I'm not mistaken. Hilton comes off next year, and right. then Hendrickson's locked up. I think Reader is close to coming up. Yeah, Reader is the next. Reader's. We should be if we not is if Reader we don't this... have a plan. We should. Our first round pick needs to be a Reader replacement. Right. You know, next year's draft. I mean, uh, address that. Are we sure Reader's not up this year? Are we sure it's next year? He could be. But I feel like, didn't he get an extension? No. He Andrew. is done after this year. DJ Reader is gone. Yeah. So, like I said, we need to, we need, we can. They might resign. They, they, they might resign him. They, 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 him, they might they resign franchise him and draft his replacement in the second coming draft. But that's a position that needs to be addressed in the draft early coming up this year. Is gonna- uh, yeah. If the Bengals lose DJ Reader, that's probably like an extra win that's just gone. Yes, he's not good. And I remember next. I remember sitting next to Jake the day they signed him. I've never seen him. I don't know that I've ever seen him as excited as he was because that was year one of, of of the Bengals coming out in free agency. I'd never heard of the guy. I I looked him up. I'd never seen him. Meant nothing right. to me. And Jake's like, this is one of the best players available in free agency. This is a monster signing. Yeah, and they they weren't even supposed to get him. They came in last minute and stole him from Denver. Yeah, they weren't even supposed to get him. You know, nose tackle is not a glamorous position, but when you had like Wolford in his, you know, in, in his in his heyday for the for New England, I mean, he was the right there. Like I said, it's not a glamorous position, and people don't understand. Hey, why can't we just run between the tackles? Well, you can't because you have this roadblock right in front of you, and that's that's what Reader's been. How about Tony Siragusa, RIP to the goose? Yes, absolutely. It's just like I said, it's not a sexy position. You don't get a lot of sacks. You will sometimes hit a gap. 
But most of the time, the grave, the grave digger. Yeah, most of the time it's just there. So, all right, I love that. No, that was awesome. So, um, and then so we're all done with our good stuff. Now, your bold prediction. Bold prediction. It could be it go anywhere with it, but it's your bold prediction. Who wants to go first? I'll kick it off if you don't mind. Go for it. Go for all it. All right. So it, it's not even on purpose. I wore this shirt for uh, the 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 recording today, but last year, two excuse me, two years ago, CJ Ozama came up with the slogan, "Why not us?" Last year, the slogan was, "They got to play us." Right. We don't have a slogan yet this year, so I don't know what the slogan's going to be. But my bold prediction is, we come out, play well against San Francisco, and rattle off seven straight wins. Maybe even beat Kansas City, but I'll give us a loss against Kansas City, beat Cleveland, and finish 13 and four. Okay. Hey, it's no, that, so wait, I, was, I was sorry, that would be 12 and five, right? Yeah, that would be 12 and five. So we 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 come out and we no. out of eight and then two. If you only eight. have us losing one game the rest of the year, then we go 13 and four. No, no, no. I I, I said we we lose San Fran. Oh, you know, oh, you know what, Mark? You wanted you just both. said he put you Hang said on. we play well at San Fran. You didn't say right. whether it was a win or a loss. No, I'm gonna so. say we play well but lose to San Fran, and then I'm gonna amend it live on air. How many games is that? 10. We rattle off 10 straight. Okay. Give me 13 and four. Wow, that would be uh, you know, if that came true, I'd be one of the happiest penguins. We all would be happy, but man, I would this grin would be like the Joker grin ear to ear. If and I think I, I might have found we I probably should have thrown this in in um, the surprises. I might have found the key. So we talk about this, uh, you know, off recording about Mark, you and I are very superstitious. Jake kind of because um, he couldn't not be coming from me. Right. But I'm as superstitious as they uh, superstitious as they come. I have an outfit. Um, it's become my postseason outfit that I wear for the last two years. Um, my younger son had a baseball tournament last year for the Buffalo game. And my outfit is a certain t-shirt and my Bengals pajama pants okay. with my Bengals slippers. I wore it to Brady's game. I wore the t-shirt, the pajama pants and <laughs> slippers to Brady's game because we were playing Buffalo. I watched the entire game on my iPad. I didn't miss a snap. Everybody left me alone. I watched the game. I watched the Bengals game. My point is, Last week against Arizona, we were up against the wall and it was desperate times when desperate times call for desperate measures. I broke out my Joe knows t-shirt. That's my playoff shirt. And what it comes back to, I'll give you the whole story. I hope you don't mind if this goes. Yeah, it is what it is. We don't have a game for another week and a half. Right. So it actually started by accident two years ago when we played the chiefs, I happened to be wearing my Joe knows t-shirt and my Bengals pajama pants. We all know what happened. We won the game uh, that clinched the division and it was December, right? Maybe even January. Right. January. Uh, it was it, January it's 2nd. It's it's actually cold in Arizona. People think it's a people think it's hundred degrees year round in Arizona. No. It gets cold in Arizona. It was 60 ish degrees. The pool's about 50 degrees. I went in the pool in the outfit, the outfit immediately went in the dryer and I'm like, well, we just beat Kansas city and clinched the division. This is my outfit for the rest of the season. Um, I have about two dozen Bengals t-shirts. I wore a Bengals t-shirt every day, the rest of the season through the Super Bowl. different Bengals t-shirt every day. But every Sunday I put on my Jonos t-shirt and my pajama pants last year. Um, I don't remember which game clinched the division, but whatever it was, 
I knew we were clinching the division that day. That was the initial day I broke out the Joe Knows t-shirt, the pajama pants, wore it the rest of the year. And two weeks ago against Arizona, I broke out the Joe Knows t-shirt. We won. Uh, I wore it this past Sunday. Brady had a game. It was actually 100 degrees. And the rule is, by the way, none of the shirts get washed for, for the rest of the playoffs. Um, I have a little ceremony when we get knocked out. I, I hold each shirt up, put it in the washing machine. I thank it for its. I thank it for its service. And then <laughs> yeah. all, nothing else can go in the washing machine. Um, <laughs> so I, I wore the Joe No shirt to Brady's tournament. It was 100 degrees in a doubleheader. So this shirt is going to get pretty ranked pretty quick. But I don't care. That's the key to the second half of the Bengals season. And I apologize for going so long. No, no, no. And I guess there's so much to comment on there. Number one, of course, nobody bothered you in the stands with your iPad. You were in your Why were you even there? You were in Why were pajamas. you at the game? So uh, it, I will say it, it was a big tournament. They were pitching. They were playing in the semis, the championship. And it, it, it was a really good. Your brother had an amazing weekend. That was actually the tournament. He was named player of the tournament. Um, I, I couldn't miss it. I couldn't. Yeah, miss you got to be a good father. But like I said, of course, nobody bothered you. You were the crazy guy in pajamas and slippers in the stands. So, um, but that's a great story. Also, yes, I'm the same way theory. when it comes to jerseys. If if I have a jersey that I've worn and I go, wow, we blew this game, and I was wearing that jersey, and we blew that game, and I was wearing that jersey, that jersey literally has to go off the grid for the rest of the season and it doesn't come back out and it has to earn its way back into the rotation. So I'm the same way. And you're just like Paul Abdul. You talk to your shirts when you wash them. She talks to her shoes and apologizes to the one she's not going to wear that day. So, you know, it all works. I, I, I love that story. So that was awesome. So, all right, Jake, you want to do your bold prediction or you want me to do mine? Uh, you go. All right. You're not going to like mine. All right. Well, oh, you probably, you're not going to like mine. Okay. Because, and this is, I think, okay, and this is it's a bold prediction, crazy bold prediction. I think that Zach Taylor gets coach of the year. I think we go on a run. It hates a bull. You're you're talking about a 13 and three. Okay. Right. That's this is the place for this kind of statement. Okay. We go on a crazy run. The year Zach actually deserved coach of the year, they gave it to Brable. And their yeah. argument was he managed the Derrick Henry injury so well. And I was like, yeah, but he had a playoff team and they got and they got the one seed. That was the only thing he did. I, I didn't think he deserved coach of the year, but on that same rationale, I think we go on a big tear like you predicted, Devin, and Zach Taylor gets coach of the year for managing the Burrow calf injury. I think it's, hey, like I said, it's not crazy. Well, it is crazy. That's why it's a crazy ball prediction. So that's my prediction. Also, what I do $100 right on it. So, so what are I the odds? $1,000 if it happens. So I, I, coach wait, of the year wait, is wait, such wait, an interesting. What? What what are the what's the number right now? Five what's it at now? I, I bet it at twenty one before the season. It's probably doubled that. But I have fifty at twenty to one for a thousand bucks. That was the only futures I did because everything else was too rich. All right. Well, Jake's coach. Giving, of the, I'm gonna look it up. Coach of the year is insane right now. I mean, Mike McDaniel can like commit a crime and still win that award. We don't know. No, <laughs> you don't know that. Listen, we 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 had the same crazy thing last year or Dan Campbell amazing, and then it didn't happen so you know I, I think award, that it's the only award that's locked up is comeback player of the year and we don't need to discuss that on yeah this no show. it's uh that was the that was it you know you wanted to bet all these people and you and Damar Hamlin just needed to play he just needed to make the team and play 
which he did. So he's going to be comeback player of the year. Yeah, Demar Hamlin has not played a single defensive snap. They might need him honestly pretty soon. Right, <laughs> they're they're fucked. He was active they might the need last him pretty week. soon. He, 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 he only the passed one game. And he played a special. He, he played on special teams, but he has not played a defensive okay, so snap he, all year. No, like I said, but they again, they might need do. him pretty soon. That's all he had to do, and they will need him pretty soon because they're dropping. Uh, all right, on the defensive side. All my, right, my, before you go, Jake. Before you go, plus eight, plus eight thousand. Okay, so it's that eight, it's now. Yeah. Okay. Eighty yeah. to one. Jesus. And I, you know, yeah, I, I bet it at two thousand. So there you go. All right, my bold prediction. I, I hope I'm I'm the face of every Bengals fan base saying, look at this bozo in mid-January. My bold prediction is that the Bengals will miss the playoffs. Wow. I'm sorry. Uh well, all right, you know, hey. I think they I think they lose to San Fran. I think they lose to Baltimore. I they're they're gonna somehow lose to Minnesota because that's all my fault. Like that all that's my fault. Minnesota will beat us because because fuck me, right? That's that 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 one I'll that one I'll take the blame for. I've been I've been You've the, already got the, the Cleveland loss is already your fault. Why is that? What, oh, because I picked them. Yeah. No, uh, no. The, the inevitable play. Vikings, the inevitable Vikings loss will be my fault. I promise. I'll, I, I'll, I'll I, take that one. I don't. I don't ever blame any of us for anything. People always say to me, well, you weren't wearing the right shirt. I'm very superstitious, but you're right. I realize that I don't have that kind of power over time and space. <laughs> you're right. What I wear, but it... what Jake says, it's what costs us the game. So like I said, I won't blame you. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm hoping you're wrong. So hopefully at the end of the year, I can go, Jake, your bold prediction was BS. But you're but, um, you're right about the superstition. But when we lose to Minnesota, it will be my fault. So it's all because of me. So, Depending uh, on how much I, you listened to his podcast last year, Mark, it will be his fault. Okay, all it's, right, it's my fault. There you go. Um, I don't think nine and seven gets in. I think the AFC is. Oh, and nine and seven does d- definitely does not get in. It's so, still a seventeen game schedule. Yeah, guys. and it'd be nine and eight. So ten and seven. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. Yeah. I don't think it's 100. Nine and eight only wins you a crappy division <laughs> if you happen to be lucky enough to be in that division. That's all nine yeah. and eight gets you. So uh, who do you oh, have? should I give out? Should, should Wait, I give out my pick, Mark? Lo- who are the five losses to? San Fran, KC, KC. You said Jacksonville. Oh, Jack- Baltimore. I do, I do. That doesn't okay. mean that thing we're gonna win. Uh, San Fran, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Minnesota, KC. He's got that Minnesota in there. That's that's the kicker. See, that Minnesota, Minnesota loss is going to be loss. bad. It's it's going to be it's going to be bad. That Minnesota and I'll be at that game. Oh. And I'll be at and, and I'll, I'll be at that game, which means we're definitely even. Oh, we're, if we're, you're which going, we're we'll... definitely losing. Yes, yeah. yes. All right, so we're going to plans. And, and by the way, Jake's got a good buddy from Minnesota who's a diehard Vikings fan that will absolutely own Jake if they beat us. Right. Well, here's the thing. Devin started a GoFundMe page to pay Jake enough to not go to the Minnesota game. That's what we're trying to do. So yeah, well, we're, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a whole weekend plan where we're going to go see uh, Arizona Purdue basketball at uh at the field house in Indy. Uh, I think that's where it's at. It has to be at the field house in Indy or else would it be? Uh, and then, uh, and then drive to Cincinnati that night, go to Bengals Vikings. Right. I don't. I don't think we lose to Minnesota. I think we take care of business in both of those games. That's the, that's the Colts and and Minnesota. Good teams win the games they're supposed to win. The, of all the games, those are the two that we we have to punch. Those two. 
Yeah, except for the stuff. three times this year the Bengals have lost as favorites. I, I'm not listen. That that was in the rearview mirror with Joe's calf and bad weather. We're looking forward here, so I'm not the. So it is kind of it, it, it is kind of funny how the Bengals have been favored in every single game this year, and then they're going to open the and then they're going to come out of the bye with being dogs three weeks out of four weeks. Yeah. Oh, if they have us as an even bet against Buffalo, then we're well, then we're a three point dog because Buffalo's on the road. Uh, so all right, Mark, should I give out my pick for the week? Yes, We're I not doing two pick. picks anymore. I want your pick. All right. So to just because for new viewers, this whole thing started. I was so confident in Tennessee to beat Florida. I gave out Tennessee plus six and outright. No, no, Florida Mark, to beat Mark. Tennessee. Florida That's what I meant. What, what did I say? What did I say? Said the other. It was Florida. Oh, to beat Tennessee, no. And I and I and I had an amazing week that week with your money line. I money lined it on a parlay to really boost it, and I took it on a teaser and a straight bet. And I won all three, so I loved that pick. Then, uh, then the next week we had Ole Miss over LSU at plus two and a half. They won the game outright. Yep. Next week after that we had Oregon minus twenty one, faded Colorado. Did you see what Colorado did this? By the way, blowing a twenty nine point. Oh, that was oh. hilarious. They are. Uh, who yeah. We so we thought, had, they are who you thought they were, <laughs> right? So we, we had Oregon, Oregon minus twenty one, and then the next week after that we started giving out uh two picks. We had uh, ooh, we had Notre Dame and then. One? No, no, two weeks ago with the Mizzou and LSU. What was the pick that won? Oh, I can't remember. I can't um, remember oh, no, either. it was ASU. It was against Colorado. It was yeah, ASU, yeah, plus, yeah, yeah. ASU plus the four and a half against Colorado. They lost the game on a last-second field goal because they let the uh, Colorado drive 90 yards in 25 seconds, but they covered. Mizzou didn't cover. They uh, got backdoored. Last week, we had Notre Dame game of the century. They, they wheeled, uh, and then South Carolina minus two blew a 10-point lead with two minutes left, so... If if it wasn't for back doors, we'd be seven and zero. But that's not how this shit works. No. But we're we're, we're sticking with the SEC. The, the I guess the S in SEC stands for circus because okay. we're going back to the SEC this week. We're taking Arkansas minus seven against Mississippi State. Okay. For, uh, for 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 full explanations, tune into the Bleacher Report Gambling Show hosted by me on Saturday mornings on the Bleacher Report app. Yeah, and I want to point out five and two is not a record to hang your head about with two dogs with two dogs two, dogs. two outright when dogs when you're given dogs and money lines that that take a parlay from three to one to five to one because you throw a plus 178 on it you know yep, those i will understand how we put them together uh you know like i said nothing to hang your head about tune into jake's podcast i mean he's given away yeah i uh Given at Arkansas minus seven, I'll bet my house that that Mark teases it down to Arkansas minus one. But we're, we're, we're giving it exactly we're, what we're, I'm we're do giving out that. Arkansas minus seven. I I think Miss I think Arkansas their schedule has been really really hard. They've they've played three consecutive impressive weeks. Just took Bam out of the wire uh, after an impressive week against LSU three weeks ago. Uh, Arkansas is a really good team, and Mississippi State is not. Uh, I think seven here is a wrong number. Uh, one of my one one of the people I talk to who has a model, he makes it minus thirteen actually. So I I don't get into the whole model stuff, but it's 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 interesting stuff. But I think it's a full on desperation game for Sam Pittman and the Hogs. So and just just you, just to plug just to plug Jake and what he does on all of his own podcasts, obviously are great. But uh, he's on the Bleacher Report. It's a national. Is it? It's a gambling podcast, right? It's or just a, a show, live show, Saturday mornings. Live show, they tweet out his picks, and he went 3-0 and last week. Not only did he have Notre Dame, but he also had Washington money line, and his quote was, I'm going to sprinkle a little on the Washington money line, and he had the Washington-Oregon over. There you go. 
No, and I don't. I don't. It almost it. got fucked. It almost got fucked. It was 22, 21 at halftime. I needed yeah. three more touchdowns. Yeah. These teams going into halftime with six straight touchdown drives between the two. Uh, we were sitting pretty, and then no one scored a touchdown until like the fourth quarter. And then yep. if if it wasn't for uh, if Oregon got the first down on the last drive on the fourth down, they would have needed it out. The over would have lost. But since Washington got the ball back, went down the field and scored, and yeah, almost so, got fucked. Almost I don't. Got fucked. I don't get. I don't give picks. I'm gonna give a tip. My tip of the week is if you're a football fan, don't watch the Raiders Bears game. Tyler yeah. Badge against Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Has yeah. anyone here? Did anyone here know that Ty, Tyler Badgett like existed, but until he came into the game, nope. I thought I knew who. I remember when he was when he was signed because I do Jake and I do the dynasty geek out on fantasy, so we know all the draft. But I thought I knew who he was. I saw something on Twitter today that said, "I know what you're going to say a year ago today or this oh, week, maybe not last year." Tyler Badgett threw two interceptions to Colorado School of Mining. I'm like. And I thought it was a gag tweet. I'm like, I thought he went to Purdue or Michigan. I thought he was a Big Ten kid. I don't know why. Maybe there's another I, name that I'm reminding of. Fun facts. I, I looked him up. Oh, it, he the guy was in like NAIA or D three. He was in it's Division two. Tyler Badgett, I think that's how you pronounce his name, is the all time NCAA touchdown record holder. Yeah, Division two at Shepherd College. There it is. There it is. No one who has ever played collegiate football has thrown for more touchdowns. Yep. Maybe the Bears have been starting the wrong guy all along. I don't and know. This weekend last year, he threw two interceptions against the Colorado School of Mining. School of Mining. Who knew they even had a, a team? Yeah. Colorado School of Mining. So, um, you know what? Uh, Jake, you nailed it when you said exact. I will bet Arkansas minus the points on a card, and I will 100% tease it even. Guaranteed. I love to do that on teasers. Take minus sevens, make them out. It's like betting a bunch of money lines. So, um, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do with that pick, and I'm and I'm sure it will be a winner. So, um, yeah, it's going like to be another – it's going to be another great, great weekend of football. Personally, for me, I, I I get to experience Ryan Day losing me more money again. I can't wait. There you go. All right. If you don't subscribe, please subscribe. It's all we ask. Like I said, this is uh, by fans for fans. Um, please hit the thumbs up for us. Jake, before we sign off, tell them where they can find your great podcast. Jake Circus Podcast, Spotify, and YouTube, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Bleacher Report, college football live show on the BR app at 11 a.m. Easterns every single Saturday morning. All right. Well, we went long, but hey, it's the bye week. We only get one show, so we did two shows worth Is this an hour long? Did we just go there an you hour go. long? It was, this is our longest show ever. So um, podcast, the podcast will like it. YouTube, hang in there. You get Jake's pick if you hang in at the end. So, all right. With that, I'm going to say, hoot, everybody, and we'll see Hoodie. you after the bye.